Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week is a soul advocate and creative guide named Patricia Lindner. And uh, you can find her at patricialindner.com. And we're going to talk with her about all kinds of cool things, soul art, improv theater, family dynamics, healing work, breaking out of your uh, soul-sucking career and into something that is more playful. That's what this show is all about. It's uh, how to take the burned out and bored and transform them into the energized and engaged. You can find Playful Humans at PlayfulHumans.com, where you can join our community of other Playful Humans. We like to start with the joke of the week here on the podcast. The joke of the week is brought to you by cell phones. Is it still weird that we're calling them phones when that's the last thing any of us actually want to do with them anymore? Uh, cell phones. Now, uh, here's the joke of the week. And I thought you would like this as your work with, uh, with the soul. A friend of mine didn't pay for his exorcist and he got repossessed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, fun. Welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your work and helping like high performers break out of these like soul sucking monotonous uh, jobs that we all thought would be uh, making us feel successful and, and fulfilled and aren't and and how you help people do that. Yeah. So first of all, hi, Mike. Thank you for having me on your amazing, colorful, funny, joyful podcast. I'm so honored to Thank be you. your guest. And yes, so um, I help high performers break free from soul-sucking careers, not in the way that people usually do that. So anyone who um, thinks about this as a strategy, I'm not a strategist at all. Um, so I'm this kind of person who makes creative, playful stuff, also art. So this is why you mentioned soul art. Um, and I also, so I combine it with um, strategy-like steps that need to be implemented. But it is more this creative kind of soul work to really get to the drivers to get back to passion, to be more empowered, and um, yeah, to to really look at yourself with compassion, more compassion and curiosity. That's what I'm about, and my work is about. Well, I love that. I feel like that's what my work is is about too, and I, I think it's about like authenticity and being the the fullest, best version of yourself. But before we dive into that side of it, I want to ask you about the downsides because I, I feel like it's shocking to me how many people end up in these careers that they don't really enjoy or in jobs that are not fulfilling to their their soul and stuff. And I, I'm wondering, um, I'm assuming most of that is just society pressures that you have to you know pay the bills or you have the work stinks and you're going to have to do it anyway. That's why they pay you for it, uh, kind of stuff. But do you have any insight of, of working with people of where you feel like the misconceptions are or why so many people get it wrong, uh, at least the first time? Yeah, 
So there are several points that come to my mind. So first of all, thinking about one very precious client of mine, she wanted to break free from her soul-sucking, very, um, yeah, um, um, very great career. But in the end, there were those concerns around money, of course. So she, she, she was in this leadership position and she wanted to be admired. She wanted to get all the money. Um, she almost sacrificed herself for this job and also her family dynamics. Um, and so she was torn into two pieces and two persons. And um, so I think it is about those golden handcuffs um, that re really shackle you to this long-held and long-known, um, um, well-known job. Um, and so it is so hard to really step out of this well-known, I don't want to say comfort zone, because it is not a comfort zone for most of the people, but it is, so. yeah, what is outside? Do I lose everything? Um, do I lose people who admire me? What could I do? Um, so it is so familiar that it is really like a crusted, um, like a shell. And it yeah. is really hard for people to step outside of this because they have this luxurious life. And so this is the main thing that um, I recognized. And I, I think my next question would be about the part that is fulfilling to your soul. Like, is that something you feel like most people know already deep down inside? Or do you find that people maybe just defaulted out of this because they don't know what to do or, or they feel like uh, a life's passion or purpose or, or something that, that warms your soul is something extremely difficult, like a miracle that we have to find. And it might take us until we're 60 to find what we're really interested in. I, I feel like some people have a hard time choosing really what would make them happy. And, and I might be asking for a friend if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think about that this way that we lost it somehow. I think every child knows, every child exactly knows what makes um, him or her happy. And I think we lost it, but it is still buried inside of us. And there are only those. So I think we could look at it as um, something that looks like a crust. And this person is this trauma, maybe it is even a traumatized person. And I'm not talking about trauma in this, oh, you need to experience war way, but it right. is uh, traumatizing to hear from your parents and your teachers and your colleagues that this is the way it is meant to be. And you um, need to do it that way. You need to be the perfectionist. You need to uh, climb the career ladder. Um, and so I think this is this shell um, that is traumatized, but inside of each and every person, and I'm so sure there is this healthy, playful, creative human being that is able to access all the creativity and really, um, I think there are endless creative ideas inside of everyone, but the, the so-called lack of time doesn't let us yeah. get in contact with this. And so I think, yeah, I think that's the way I want to put it. 
So you, at the end there, you hit what I was going to ask you next, which is, do you believe that there's like one purpose for, for each human on the life and, and one thing, or there are many things, and maybe that's what's confusing us, that, that we feel like there has to be a right answer to this question, and, and maybe there isn't. Maybe there's right answers. I, I, I am. So as if you could read my mind, Mike, because this is what I have been contempl contemplating a lot is there one purpose because there are all those coaches out there that tell you, I help you find your true purpose and passion mm. and then you can step inside of this and you can do whatever you want. You can lead this fulfilled dream life. And so I figured out because I also was chasing this. So I broke free from my right. career as a teacher's trainer, which was a, a leadership position as well. And I thought, now, what, what am I going to do? What is my purpose? Um, and so now, from this standpoint and this point in time, I think there is not such thing like one purpose. I think um, you're here to connect with the inside and connect with your creativity and really feel bliss and joy inside of yourself. So no matter what this is, no matter. So, and there could be many things that make you and others happy. And so I think there is, so chasing one purpose is a waste of time and energy. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I, I think the thing that trips people up is, they feel like there's a bunch of we, what we call sunk costs in economics that like, oh, I've spent 10 years in this career. If I switch careers, all of that is wasted and I'm going to be 10 years behind everybody else. But the fact is, at least in my experience, that's not true because most people have one year experience 10 times. They didn't actually get 10 years ahead and that you can catch up with people very easily if you just go read the top 10 books in any field and then go do some interest. I mean, you can create a doctorate within three years that will get you caught up to where everybody else is doing your own study. And that uh, most people change careers anyway. So, so they have three or four careers. I think it might even be up to six or seven now uh, for, you know, people exiting, uh, exiting college or beginning their careers now. So that means that, um, you're not really falling that far backwards or you might have to restart your career anyway, even if it's in the same thing. So you might get fired and then have to go to another company and you have to relearn all of their processes. And it takes you another two to three years to figure out that industry, you know? So um, I feel like those downsides aren't as big as people make them out to be. Have you found that to be true that most people, once they give up those golden handcuffs do just fine? Yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, so there is, there is, no, not there is, there are those moments and I can talk about myself where you think, so I, I have been doing this for 17 years and I am this top leader in my career. And now I am, uh, I want to really call it, I am a nothing. So mm -hmm. I don't know how to call myself. And so this was the moment when I thought, so this is depressing. Um, and I don't know, 
why did I do this? Am I a bit crazy? Am I weird? Or what is going on with me? But now, in retrospective, I think that there is some sort of destiny and that every next step is going to be revealed in the right order. This sounds like woo-woo, but mm. I just see this because now I can use all my experience of breaking free from my job to help others. Plus, as my background is the background of being a teacher and teacher's trainer, having psychology in my rucksack and things like this, I can also help families and their family dynamics and I can help kids that they don't go into the direction of being the perfectionist and choosing this one and only job and being so sucked in the end so um I so I want to do all of those things and each and every step helps me and each and every experience was right yeah, I, I love that. And I think you're reading my mind again, because my next question for you is going to be that perfectionist thing. Do you feel like some people maybe are doing their passions, but they've set that bar so high for perfectionism that they're unhappy with what they're doing, that they're like, well, uh, I might have enough money to feed my family and everything, but I don't have a yacht on the, the ocean and I don't, I can't just go to everything or there's always parts of every job, even if it is something that's fulfilling for your soul, that's going to stink. You still have to pay your taxes. You still have to, you know, uh, commute to places or, or travel and do things that you don't like. Right. So do you, do you feel like maybe some people are stuck in, they just have this unrealistic idea of what happiness or or a fulfilling career looks like or, or actually is or what that balance should be? Yeah, so I definitely think so. And I think there are many um, ingredients that lead to this. And one of them is, again, what they experienced as a child. So I, I, I oftentimes refer to this um, experience as a child. And which, which made us become those perfectionists or those who always want to improve things um, and want to make it better. And there could be a better thing when only I reach this and that. So it is this, if I do this and this, then it becomes better. And they always look uh, on the outside and they search mm -hmm. for um, goals and things to achieve on the outside but never, and this sounds like um, nothing tangible, but it is inside. This fulfillment is inside. And um, I think very healing is looking at yourself with compassion and not with perfectionism, because perfectionism costs a lot of energy, a lot of money, a lot of health. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely would say or, or agree with what you said. Yeah, I, I like the way you put it as well. And I would just say that um, even what you said about like uh, fate or destiny rolling out challenges, like when you're ready for them or opportunities when you're ready for them, what I found is that just makes natural sense. So even if you uh, are not spiritual or anything and you're just looking at it naturally, it's well, yeah, you're getting stuck at the limits of your own awareness and intelligence. So once you break through that next level, you just reach the next challenge. It's not like you're ever finished where you're like, oh, check the box. I'm happy now for the rest of my life. I just keep doing this. It's no, once you get through this door, you unlock another room of possibilities and options. 
So of course there's always like another challenge and you're never going to be perfect or, or finished. So it, uh, to me, that's kind of the exciting part of life and shouldn't be one of the stressful or, or challenging things that, that are seen as a negative. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. And I just thought about life, not just as a box, but we feel this is the limited potential we have. But so oftentimes I talk about the job I do and what I help people with is discovering the invisible. So that which they don't see for now at the moment to reach the impossible because there are unlimited opportunities out there um, and we are not boxed. We just can't see the next level um, because we don't look outside the box. And so I think this is an ongoing process and we always should be in the present moment and be ready for the next step and the next box and the next uh, level to be revealed. Perfect. Now I want to ask you about how you play and what you you do for fun. So we mentioned some artwork already. You also told me uh, that you like improv theater. So what do you do just for for fun and what gives you the most pleasure? So you just mean personally? Yeah. Yeah. What I do for fun. So I have two kids um, and uh, they know about several things that I really love doing when we go. For, so because my daughter, she hates going for a hike. Mm-hmm. Or, so she always needs a motivation. And I oftentimes include things like, so there is one very nice thing we do. We take photos. We, we make a list and we say things like, everyone needs to take a photo of something that is blue, uh, an animal, um, something awkward, um, something very beautiful. So a list of 10 things. And then we go for a walk and everyone takes those pictures. And in the end, we compare the pictures. So everyone goes its own way. Um, yeah, that's what, what, what we do for going outside. That's so cool. One thing. And I oftentimes use improv theater just when I feel there is this heavy energy um, amongst my loved ones, then we just do a game just pretending something or uh, making up a story or starting to really make music and rhythm. And even my husband, who is not a musician, he can join us because, and, and he had a hard time doing so, but he can just start snapping with his fingers and we make music together, like improvising music. I love this. Oh, that's cool. That's really fun and fun to do as a family. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit and the the family dynamics of the kind of healing work that, that you do. Um, tell me about that. What do you think is the biggest common challenge or, or the biggest opportunity that maybe families are not capitalizing on? So first of all, it is all so serious and it is oftentimes um, amongst high achieving people. This is one factor. And then it is not knowing themselves, not knowing. So mom doesn't know herself and she doesn't really know her kids. And this is when, so I work with um, human design. I don't know if you know human design. Um, Just a very little. So tell me about it. Uh, uh, I'm sure our listeners would like to know. Yeah. I, I use the human design 
um, chart um, to, to really take a look at the energetic blueprint, the superpowers and the challenges of each and every person. And there is also uh, information about um, the potential of being creative and the, the endless ideas or how to really um, improve this factor. And when the parents get to know their own design and they get to know the design of their kids, they know, oh, I see my uh, child needs this and that to be at peace and I can uh, improve the creativity in this way. And it is like really honoring and knowing about each and every factor in, yeah, in the energetic blueprint of the people and even my not so creative or not so open to creativity people, clients, they love learning about their human design chart um, concerning yeah. the relationship between them and their spouse and also the kids. And so this could be the starting point to really go on this creative journey, discovering um, potential inside of the family and taking time to play and to paint and to get rid of factors, patterns that they don't need any longer. I think that sounds really cool and, and really fun. I'll definitely uh, be interested in checking out more about that. But uh, for you personally, is there anything on your fun bucket list? Anything that you still want to do, like a, a dream or plan, something you've always wanted to do that's that's playful? Yeah. So there are several things and I should really step into this. So there is one. So when travel is possible again, there is this fun thing I would love to do. And this is just saying, I want to take the fifth flight that is on the list when I go to the, the airport and just take this flight. This is something wow. I would love to do. Um, and concerning improv, I um, used improv at school. I used improv played improv just with my clients and with pupils at school um, to, to enhance their creativity. And I also played in a small uh, improv theater group here in my town. I would really, so I have this idea of wanting to be on a stage as a stand-up comedian. This is really big. And That's I don't awesome. know why I even shared with you, Mike, but this is something... <laughs> This is something, as you asked me, I felt this energy, this driving energy to share this with you. I would love to be on a stage with hundreds, maybe thousands of people and being the comedian or the, the, the comedian that gives wake up calls um, yeah. and, and presents a, an amazing um, program. Wow. Well, that would be awesome. And I was going to say it, it sounds really big, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, you can go do a, an open mic night for like 10 people at a, at a local comedy club or something and, and get started. I, I think that's one too, that I've always wanted to do. My brother did a stand-up comedy for a while uh, during college and, and stuff and had a lot of fun with it. But um, I got into radio and DJ and other stuff, hosting game shows and, and all kinds of other fun things, but I haven't done just straight stand-up comedy yet. And I, I think that's on my bucket list as well. 
Now, the last thing on our list for the podcast here today is the game. Do you want to play or do you want to walk away? Huh. This is a good question. So let's play. <laughs> All right. We are spinning our wheel of games. There are 10 games that it could land on and you got... Awkward questions. Awkward questions are fun. Just three quick questions for you that uh, don't really have a, a good right or wrong answer, but um, something that might be fun or awkward to talk about. So um, would you get an implant in your brain that would allow you to communicate mind to mind to pe with people uh, if that was possible? Of course I would. And I already think I have this implant um, to, to a certain extent because I oftentimes can read uh, people's minds. So didn't I tell you that I am the inventor of this? <laughs> I love it. Uh, great answer. Now, uh, if you could give advice to your 15-year-old self, what would it be? If you could whisper something in your ear at 15, what would you say? Yeah, this is not playful. This is a bit, this, this makes me sad. Um, it is um, don't stop living your dreams and don't um, just shut down and just keep shining your light um, and don't listen to those people who want to see you smaller than you are. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I think that's fun and playful and, and positive. Now, the last one is sometimes hard for people, but I feel like you might have a good answer for this one. What is the weirdest gift you have ever received? Oh, the weirdest gift. Just let me think about the weirdest gift. Ha, huh, you just really, you caught me. I know, I was telling you, that, that one's hard for people to think of, but I think um, it's an interesting question because sometimes we we forget about these that are really funny or weird. Yeah. I had, um, my family gives funny gifts sometimes. We'll do like... Um, the white elephant gifts they call them at Christmas or, or things like that. And so I've gotten some very funny uh, gifts over my time. I, and I have a trouble thinking of the funniest one, but my grandma and her sister, um, they're both in their like nineties now, and they have been passing around this goofy gift back and forth to each other. They'll hide it inside other gifts and stuff. Uh, and they've been doing this for like, I don't know, 50, 60 years or, or so. It's really funny. So I, I like yeah. the question. Did I, I just st stall long enough? Did you think of something? Yeah, I thought about a gift that, so I pretended to be happy about it. And this was back <laughs> when I was, I think it was 18 or something. And I had this boyfriend and he, <laughs> just by listening to you, I oh, thought already. about this weird, this weird present, which is not so weird, but I, I was not happy about it. So they had sheep and I love animals so much. And he gifted me this carpet, this this sheep carpet to lay out in front of my my bed. And it even smelled like this animal smell, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? And so this yeah. was really weird um, as he knew that I loved or that I love animals. And so this was a present that was, was not really what I wanted to receive. Uh, I love it. I think that is uh, great. Some people would love a sheepskin rug, but uh, yeah, uh, I could see where that could be awkward <laughs> too, if it smells and it's not what you're looking for. Uh, so 
you did it. You made it to the end. Thank you so much for, for playing with us today. Uh, tell people where they can find you. And, and if you have any gifts or ask for our audience, what are your final thoughts? Um, so that you can find me on my website and there is a button where you can schedule a call with me just to talk in a profound and playful way with me, just talking about what is going on in your life. I would be really interested about learning more about your career or whatever is going on in your life. Um, at the moment, I don't have anything to give away but I think this is amazing to really get in touch with people. And this is really um, something that I really would love to do. You gave plenty for us in the last half hour. So no worries on that. It's patricialindner.com. You can find the link in the show notes as well and find out how you can break free of a soul sucking career and find more fun in your life. If you want to do that with the company of other people, check out playfulhumans.com. We have a community there where you can join other playful adults trying to make the most of their life with ideas and inspiration and encouragement to go out there and uh, rediscover the power of play. There's also a playfulness quiz. If you go to playfulhumans slash quiz, playfulhumans.com slash quiz, take that quiz and find out which playful personality you are as well. Until next time, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, uh, YouTube. Give us a big thumbs up and share and leave us a comment if you have one. Go play. Bye. For tomorrow.